to come across some really bizarre situations in your time in outreach. Um, I'm sure our listeners want either an embarrassing or just weird situation that you've come across. Because um, you guys must see it all, Emma. <laughs> um, I remember I remember we was going to help someone who lived on a barge boat once and it was like my one of my first it, one of my first outreach visits I think so I was like little baby outreach assistant wasn't allowed, <laughs> wasn't allowed to go out on my own yet so I think it was me and you Em I'm pretty yeah. sure and we was like carrying bags of food down this canal towpath um met met the person we were meeting and I was a little bit ahead of of Emma um and the person was like, can you just help me just move the boat? And so I like got hold of the rope. Don't listen to this, Tracy Chapman, our health and safety officer. I'll never be allowed out again. Um, anyway, so I was just like, yeah, of course. Like put the bag of food down, just grabbed this rope, started like pulling the boat up the path. And Emma like comes around the corner is like, what, what are you doing? Don't fall in the water and get crushed by a boat. Which was so, very close to doing. Yeah, I was. I'm pretty clumsy at the best of times, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, it was like super muddy and stuff. So that was, yeah. The best thing about outreach is you you have you kind of just you kind of just got to do stuff to learn <laughs> to learn from it. Um, yeah, I mean, you so you guys as well as obviously going out in Dennis, you go to people's homes as well that need a bit of advice and support. So. You know, I, like something like hoarding must be quite a big one. Uh, do, you, do you come across that often? Yeah, we've got quite a quite a bit of a reputation going on. We've got we work very closely with the RSPCA, so the RSPCA can only go into a residential area twice. That that's their kind of their goal. Um, so we work really well together in respect that they go in, find there is an issue. Um, refer it to us we will go in and hopefully solve the issue they can go in and close the case and keep an eye out if need be so in that respect it works quite well so if they find a case that might need especially if it's multiple animals we've all got the the knowledge of different species so it works quite nicely um, and we can go in and assess the situation and although they are very long ongoing cases we we would never go in and say right you need to get rid of all of your animals because that that is not beneficial to the <laughs> to the owners they are just going to it, it is a medical condition so at the end of the day it does need to, to be drip fed into the situation of removing a couple making the environment brilliant in in the circumstances of those that we leave behind just giving them that extra knowledge and and understanding of, of what those animals require in a day-to-day -day basis um can just be enough to make things better for them um so it is it is those cases are the very long ongoing cases and and the ones that we will all come back to the office at the end of it and and celebrate because even though it has taken months, months to accomplish, um, and you might have left eleven animals back in back in the house, and a bit of your soul, and a bit of your soul going <laughs> along, yes, um, it, it's one of those ones that you know that those animals that are left and those animals that have come out of that situation, it, it's win-win for them. So it's also given the owners that little bit more of empowerment to make those choices and those decisions going forward 
um, just to, to better the situation that they're in. It is all about that choice thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like that's it is on. Like I can't say it enough. It is honestly the thing that I love the most is that when you are, particularly if you're working with someone, and that is it's really ingrained behaviour patterns from a yeah. people point of view because we all have them. We all have them, and they manifest themselves in different ways. Um, so to see sort of something click in someone's head and they, they realise that actually it is beneficial all around to, to perhaps not have, you know, 30 animals in, in a house um, or to at least improve some of the way those animals are living, um, it's it's really nice to see. And, and, and that's that's the sort of sustainable behaviour change that hopefully is, is sort of long-lasting with somebody. And over time, that, that number will reduce, whether it's through our help of bringing animals in or, or just, you know, naturally people acquiring less of them. it's giving that support, isn't it, I think, Hannah, at the end of the day. They've got our mobile phone numbers. They know yeah. that if they if we can lead them with a plan of action of people to speak to when they are feeling at their lowest, whether it be their support workers or a family member or or anybody that they know that they can go to that when they're feeling like they want to go through Facebook pages or pre-loved or, or whatever to, to find that next animal, that they've got that support there um, and and not judgmental. Yeah. I think that's the thing. You've got to you've got to be oh, OK, this has happened. But you know what? We can we can deal with this and we can put another plan of action into place so that next time it doesn't happen. Um, but just to have that non-judgmental approach to it all. Yeah, it's definitely, there's no point in going in, but that what is way, way too many cats in this property. <laughs> Let me go get my cat carriers. We're taking um, them back. I have been in properties, though, where people have not, literally not been aware of, of I remember being in a property and, and a little cat just popping out. And they, they, they actually weren't even aware that the, 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 the cat was in the house, the kitten was in the house. Um, so it, it, it kind of it's really weird isn't it like you have, we have to have a lot of gallows humor i think working in our industry full stop but um it can be like it's very jolting to one minute being quite a serious situation where you're like right i really need to get my thinking cap on as to how we're going to help this person improve the situation and then just like this little kitten just popping out of nowhere <laughs> and the people having no idea that it's there and it's it, it's not funny because it's because it's you know, it's it's the result of a of a not ideal situation. But at the same time, sometimes you have to just be like, this. My job is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you have to have a sense of humour in this job, don't you? Humor. Otherwise, you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. survive past the first two years, would you? No, not twenty one. Especially when you've had like um, ongoing cases, especially with rabbits. And I mean, I remember me and Hannah doing one, and, and she called it Blackie. It was a black rabbit. <laughs> And then the next one was called Whitey because it was a white rabbit. And then both the next one was obviously like a, a, a ginger. And both of us like, is this ginger? Like, and yes, it was ginger. So like, like okay. And then it was black rabbit too because there was obviously another black rabbit. You're thinking, oh my goodness me. And then 16, 17, 18 down the line. And and then in, in that instance, she didn't even they didn't obviously know that there was there was litters of, of rabbits. There was. And it's just like, oh okay, okay. God, it's amazing what you guys do, and, and obviously that must have really changed um, given the current situation with COVID nineteen. You know, you were going out visiting crowded places. How are you guys working now? Are you still working now? Yes. Uh, so we <laughs> we were very 
as I'm sure you can, from what we've been saying, very good at the face-to-face -face aspect and the informal chit-chat as if we're just picking people in off the streets and having a little uh, little chat with them all. Uh, that's, that's how we work. So um, for us to be at the end of a computer and Skyping is all very alien-y. Uh, we're still doing exactly what we're doing, so we haven't um, we haven't really stopped stopped what we're doing and what we're offering. Um, we haven't obviously had the uptake. People are a lot more um, confined and, and, and dealing with their own situations at the moment. So I think when we come out of this the other end, it will it will definitely be more uptake. I feel on behaviour. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my that's my big concern is when yeah. we come out the other side of it is that we we know we know that these you know, these pets and these owners are still needing help. So we're doing, like, we've worked really hard over the last couple of weeks as, as, as the marketing team and all of us just to just to sort of raise the profile of services a little bit. Um, we're working really closely at the minute with, like, Huntingdon District Council. Um, <clears throat> we work really closely with the Red Cross um, and as well as the Trussell Trust, who we, we have long-standing relationships with. To, to do a lot of food support at the minute, but also just to kind of be that that voice for us in the community to to, to be like, look, you can call them. Here's here's some direct phone numbers you can reach people on. It's not a matter of having to, you know, send an email or go through an automated system. You get straight through to us, and we we can help. Um, and so, I think yeah. our food support has definitely been increased since we've been on, yeah. on lockdown. But we've still got the ability to have Skype and WhatsApp um, videos, so we can still do the rest of our work. Luckily, through those those um, usages of, of that technology, but obviously we, we can't. We haven't actually had to deal with that much so far. It's been the food food source that really has been. Yeah, just, I mean, as a direct result of the the current pandemic, we've probably over the last three or four weeks fed. I mean, on average in a month, we'll feed about seventy animals in the community through food banks and through our visits and just without we're taking all of the food bank work out just within the immediate community surrounding wood green so you know huntington got manchester area we fed like 30 40 animals plus what the red cross are doing with getting their emergency packages out so did we, know the, we know the needs there um yeah. it's just about accessing access of people or people accessing us really so you're still offering the same amount of support that you were before, just um, obviously not face-to-face -face contact. So you, people can still get behavioural advice. Yeah. Um, it's just another thing from outside the box, Helen, because which is what we're all good at. So. <laughs> <laughs> that job's that little bit more interesting because we're having to Skype each other to have that office conversation as to how can we work this one best. Um, rather than just sit in the office. And That's what that. I miss though, like because <laughs> yeah. when I, I when I like when we all have a case and you yeah. know it is always a team effort to to help someone solve a problem. So I think I must hit the the Skype call button probably 15, 20 times a day to you look at her yeah. nodding her head. She hates it. Yeah. So I'm like, what do you think of this? And it's not even like a meeting. It's just to answer this question because I'm so terrible at anybody that's had to had to work with me because we do have to do a lot of like cross department working. So, and I'm very good at pestering people, <laughs> quite frankly. And I'm, I hate doing it by like email and stuff. So I'm always like, well, Welcome Centre, for example, if there's something that involves the Welcome Centre team, I will always just wander over and be like, hey. <laughs> 
Bigger. I think it's because people feel that they can't say no when you've got your face right in their face. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Just, but I, so, we won't so, tell you what we say behind your back, Hannah. That's all right. I'm all right with it because we're helping I the tell animals, her regularly. So. <laughs> so you guys are obviously working from home. I mean, Hannah, um, you look like you're in an office. Emma, you look like you're working in a circus. Yes, I have one weekend decided to cover my camping equipment so that when we have meetings i was actually even going to write carry on camping uh on in yeah do a bit of a plique so uh, she's moonlighting as a magician (laughs) getting that extra money in have you guys found that the demand for outreach has increased so far or do you predict that it will increase once the lockdown sort of starts easing i have a couple of ongoing cases at the minute the thing is it's quite difficult because it's um the vets are obviously quite i mean things are starting to open back up with vets in the community in terms of what they're doing but a bulk of their work is still very much emergency cases so i have a couple of pressing cases that are ongoing at the minute in terms of a vet treatment point of view food support's fairly consistent i would say but the thing about the food support is oftentimes someone who might need food support you go you you go into the house and have a chat with them and meet them and you might find that there's a couple of other things going on that they could do with help with and it's already a massive step for people to pick up the phone and say i'm actually struggling with food i need some help like that's it it's i can't stress that enough people don't want to do it and people are very apologetic about having to do it and i'm always trying to put you know their mind at ease and be like look it's this is what we're here for sort of thing you don't need to apologize for it but i totally get why it's why people feel embarrassed about it um so that for me is like because we because normally if we was going to drop some food off and have a little chat with them and see how things are going you then do because you can you can have those conversations on the phone but they don't know me yet that they've got no reason to trust me or tell me anything once you see them on the doorstep and actually you're you're not just the the wood green logo and you're not just a voice on the end of the phone you're actually a person people are very much more willing to open up to you so that has been I have no there's no doubt in my mind at all some of the food drop-offs we've done in the last few weeks there's probably other things we could have done to help but because we can't get that foot in the door and because we can't build that relationship as easily on the phone um there's there's potentially things that that are going to get missed so yes whatever happens afterwards we I imagine things will I'm hoping it's not going to be too bad, but I will imagine things will get very, very busy quite quickly. I think also from the point of view in that the vets have stopped a lot of their general stuff. I think people have been generally concerned that their annual boosters or flea and worming treatment haven't been able to be got hold of and, and just don't know where else to go. So I think we've had quite a few of those kind of questions. Or like food, well. like prescription. But yeah, prescription food. Yeah, that's definitely right because the, the vets aren't 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 going above and beyond they're they're sorting what needs to be done for them um and that not necessarily has been a an easy thing to explain to people so i think from that point of view there's been quite a few questions and we've we've assisted with some prescription diets and things like that um and and just put people's minds at ease that actually if they if they miss their annual booster for a few more weeks it's not going to be the end of the world but i think unless somebody's 
explain that to them, then you do, you do well. Yeah, and I don't know that right now it's appropriate for the vets to be, you know, they're so busy. The vets oh, in the community are still yeah. so busy and they're, they're doing everything they can to protect themselves and their staff Definitely. and the, the pets they do have in. So again, being that voice on the end of the phone to be like, well, actually, you know, let's let's look at it from this point of view or let's let's sort of compartmentalize it a little bit and break down the problem that you're having and and actually it's not the the vet's fault perhaps you know we don't need to be shouting at the vet because <laughs> they're trying um they're there for the emergency purposes at yeah. the end of the day they've they've got to keep themselves safe for those emergencies um so if that means that we can we can jump in and offer that little bit more phone support then that helps everybody brilliant how do you guys know when you've done a good job it's about it feels good once you, you can see the relationship being rebuilt a little bit with like pets and their owners yeah. and like uh just seeing just seeing a, a person being a little bit happier and their pet being a lot happier some of the time it it sounds like super cliche and cheesy to to say but I, <laughs> that really is it like I, I, part of the main reason not the main reason part of the reason I, I work in outreach is because you, you do get that really close interaction with people as well yeah. I love animals I love pets I've done you know I've worked in this industry in one form or another for like 10 years um but but actually you don't you, you can't help an animal without helping the person no, and it really is great to see someone be like yeah I can do that like I can either clip that nail or I can get that dog to do some sort of trick or you know I can enrich it just it seems like really little things and even with like going back to the food support it seems like really little things to be supporting people with but for some people it just makes such a huge huge difference in their life and you know it only takes it takes like one good case or one good day to for all the other ones that are challenging and and make you just feel like you know you feel yourself be a bit slumped just takes that one good case that one good follow-up call to know that someone's doing well to be like yep yeah, all right that's fine job, and job we all done. have those cases don't we that we <laughs> we hold on to so that we know that if we're if we are having a bad day it's that case that we look back on and go do you know what we made a blooming <laughs> good difference on go on <laughs> then you've got to share it now what's your case Emma that you cut you come back to when you're having a bad day I, I, I have to say I've got a couple I think I think my my probably my best one was we had a um, a lady with a very large large dog and she was unable to for um medical sorry my husky yeah, sometimes you play like <laughs> huskies or children what is it making oh, noise in the today, garden today? today it's the huskies because <laughs> the children are should be doing college work <laughs> oh um okay so uh <laughs> One second. <laughs> what did they say? They say it right, like never work with, with kids and animals and like community <laughs> engagement, we do both. <laughs> and then go home to it apparently. Okay. We're all crazy. <laughs> I'm not gonna promise that's gonna sort of things out, but they've seen a cat next door, so <laughs> they all wanna tell the neighbourhood that there's one out there. Um so yeah, I had a dog that um the lady was very agoraphobic, she couldn't she couldn't go outside. Um she had all of her needs delivered to her um the dog was was not a necessarily very friendly dog um it had very old age it had some medical problems itself but um it it wouldn't go outside that it would it would urinate and defecate inside 
all over the place. Um, so from a health point of view, it wasn't it wasn't fantastic. But the main problem was that every single one of its nails um, were embedded into the dog's feet, um, and nobody could get near, and she couldn't get out to the vet. She didn't have that support system in place um, to get that sorted. So the RSPCA actually contacted us, um, and I remember. Um, Having to, again, this is one of my very first cases, Louise, who is very um, wispy in proportion, uh, that there's not a lot of her, with this very large, very large dog uh, being muzzled, which we managed to put onto it, just being kind of like we were holding on, she was holding on for dear life, just because at this point in time, the only option we had was to clip those nails so we we had to we had to do them it took us three attempts um but in three separate occasions we came back to the to the um environment and come back to the house and did it um but but yeah that was that was fun that that was my that was my go-to knowing that we we did it and the lady actually worked then afterwards um in the house to, to actually start learning to clip the claws which was really lovely so cross fingers and we've all established that emma Loves claw clipping, so if anyone needs their dog's claws clipped. Claws and anal glands are my speciality. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> On that note, um, Hannah, what's your go-to story? Have you got one that you, uh, you think about when you're having those bad days? Yeah, uh... Yeah, there's a few. I think like the probably the, the, one of the more recent ones that sticks in my mind, we had, um, so we worked quite closely with the dog wardens as well. Um, so like dog wounds in, in Cambridge and <clears throat> hunting and things like that. So they'll they'll refer people to us. Um, and we had a lady who had a her dog had like basically had some horrific incidents surrounding a car. Um, so it was just super reactive to cars. Um, so you know lunging, barking at the cars, kind of making it pretty much impossible for her to walk the dog. Um, and we did a whole so we put basically I put a training plan together. We did a lot of work around cars and and critical distance and all of that sort of good stuff that that we get get trained to to help support people with. Um, and she she sent us a video. I don't know. It wasn't even that long later, was it? It's probably no, a couple, it couple, no. couple of months, something like that. And, and we got a video the next day of her doing some training, didn't we? Yeah, we got a video the next day of doing some training. Because I can't tell you how many times like I'll sit and spend time putting a training plan together for people. And for whatever reason, they're just not, they're not in the space to do it. And you, you walk away from a visit being like, yes, they're definitely going to do all of this training I've suggested. I'm going to write it up. I'm going to put some time into it. It's going to be great. <laughs> and you call them up a little while later. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> I haven't got around to it yet. Like the... Yeah, I can't tell you how the sinking feeling it gives me. I'm like, oh man. But in this case, that wasn't that didn't happen. So she she did absolutely everything that that we asked of her. And the not only is the dog like not reactive around cars anymore, you know, into like so that she's having to just change her walking routes. But also, it's fine if she does see a car, she can just walk where she wants now with with what you know volumes of traffic because the dog is. Yeah, she just worked super, super hard, and I don't, I can't think of a, another person that's probably worked that hard on a training no. project as she did she with that dog. She yeah. wanted. So what a massive it. difference you made to the dog's life, but also the owner's life as well. Like that walk has now become enjoyable as opposed yeah. to being a really stressful thing that she probably dreaded. 
Yeah, and yeah. it would have been a relinquishment as well, I think, at the end yeah, of it, yeah, because yeah, yeah. she she couldn't she couldn't control control him. He was he's, he's a big boy, so at the end of the day, that that would have been a case of she would have had to have rehomed him. Yeah, and they so, love each other. Yeah, they do. So like bad days, like I'm just gonna have a little watch of the video. Yeah. <laughs> Just remind myself that it's all Yeah, no, I joke. Like, it, is, it can be, like, super stressful doing the work that we do. Like, it really, really can, but it it doesn't. It actually doesn't take much to turn it around, does it? Just a little tiny win, and you're kind of you, you, you're ready to take on another one. Yeah. Well, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining uh, me today. We've learned a lot about outreach, stuff I didn't know you guys did, and I'm sure a lot of public didn't know that you guys did. And obviously a lot of the help that you offer, a lot of the people that come forward for help or are referred to you, it is, a big part of it is dogs, but obviously you do help people that have cats and small animals. We do indeed, rats. And some sorts as well. Even to a point where we've been in with, with uh, reptiles, we might not be able to help reptiles, but we can definitely signpost and, and assist with, with other things as well, so yeah. I think like... So please, if, anyone, if anyone does have any um, concerns, questions, problems, need some help with something then do get in touch yeah yeah if so if just 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 call us just give us a call call through to the pet support team and they'll put you in touch with us because if we can't help you fix it we'll we will do damn well to try and find someone that can that's the main takeaway just cut just come and just come and talk to us there is there is loads of other options out there before it gets to the point where you feel like you have to give an animal up so let's try and figure out what they are if we can we can help we will or, or have to live with it because like you said there are yeah. a lot of people that try and live with these problems but we can help them improve their pets lives and their lives yeah um, no or how big we are we are there to assist excellent thank you so much guys it's been hilarious <laughs> and informative <laughs> I hope we have you on again. <laughs> no, you were great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for um, Thank you. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any questions, um, any comments about anything we've talked about uh, today or any other podcast, please do email us um, at podcast at woodgreen.org.uk and we'll read out your questions or suggestions. Uh, thank you very much and we'll see you next time.